the. Hey, thanks for wearing the shirt, Tim. I, I'm glad you're part. You're a team player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get my wife washing that shirt three times a fucking week. Mine is actually in the washer right now. Mm-hmm. That's a good place for it. Yeah, yeah, it's a very uh, good place for it. Let's try it. Welcome back to another episode of Clear the Air, a Simply Stogies podcast after show. I'm your host, Tim, and like always, I bring the hosts of your favorite cigar podcast, James and Nick, back to the microphones where we get to talk about the previous episode of their show, and sometimes we do a little bit of talking behind the guests' back. This episode is all going to be about, this. I love this, I love this, Mr. Worldwide of Wish.com. Right there at the end of the episode, I loved that. Uh, Vlada Stoyanov of Bespoke Co. Hope I got that right because usually I mess it up quite a bit. Let me introduce the guests. We'll start with James. James, how are you? What are you smoking? I'm doing pretty well, Tim. Thanks for once again having me on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm smoking the Somme Selection de Premier Cru, uh, which I will eventually get around to doing a review on. Uh, but I thought it only apropos to smoke this. Uh, I smoked the uh, Selection that I am doing a review on. You can go check that out. It's up now on simplystogies.com. At least it better be. Otherwise, somebody ought to fire me. Uh, on simplystogies.com, you can go check that out. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's good, to, uh, it's good to be here with you and my friend Nick. And uh, yeah. Yeah, Thanks I mean, me. you, you look pretty good. You look pretty good. I don't know how good you sound, but you look pretty good. Oh, well, who cares? Nick, how well, are you doing? He hasn't done the radio voice. Welcome, <laughs> yeah, he, welcome. Oh you got to do the radio voice. When you do welcome. the radio voice, then oh, it sounds you. really good. Yeah. Uh, I, could do, I, could do the, uh, I could do the Rush Limbaugh voice. Oh, yeah, can, for the love of everything, please don't. Gita Jackson. Well, I'm uh, fine as well. Uh, I'm finishing up the latter part of a CLE. And then I'm going to go back to my go-to stick, which happens to bear my name. And I have to say, I do love this stick. <laughs> I think I'm we all love shame- that stick. I'm not shamelessly promoting it. Maybe a little bit. I'll shamelessly promote but it. I bought I, a, yet another bundle of Nikos from you. I need and to pick I, some I, up. I, I, like, they're so fucking good. If you haven't smoked the Nikos, guys, you got to pick it up. Uh, you, you blended it for the American palate. Uh, so shameless plug to LH, uh, cigars and, and Nick Sears. Thank you. That thank is you. one of, I, I do a review on it, Nick, but I feel like it would at be this unethical. point, yeah, I would be kind of not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Nobody would bad. believe you. No, they'd be like this <laughs> yeah. fucking shell. Does anybody believe James anyway? No, nobody well. gives two shits what I say. No. So, Hey, this episode with Velada was a very technical episode. Would you agree? We got into the weeds, didn't we, Nick? We got into the weeds with a lot of stuff. Well, you know, when you're talking to a sommelier, you know, that's a pretty prestigious title. Few people have it. It's pretty, uh, you know, there's a lot to it, you know, and it's not easy on purpose. And, um, you know, the, the closest thing that I've come to that is uh, Habanos was running a master's course and I got my 
my Habanos master. I am a Habanos master back in 2014. And the only reason I bring it up is the other day I saw it on LinkedIn and a guy wrote, <laughs> he wrote Habanos master. And I'm like, really? I, I never thought about, you know, using that as a title master, but, um, it, it was you use the radio voice. Nick. Yes. The <laughs> yeah. master. I was doing the master. It, it was a fun course. There was people in my class from, like 15 different countries and it was a, it was a fun class. I enjoyed the camaraderie. We got to go all over the country. We went through the valleys, but again, nothing like what the Somaliers have to go through. Um, I know in England, the, the Habanos masters, they really grind them and they give them a lot, even harder tests. I did it in, at the uh, motherland in Cuba uh, which the motherland of cigars, I should say. So they were, they tried to be tough on us, but I don't think they know what. Well, we're now on an NSA fucking watch list. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you mean I am. <laughs> I think we all are at this point. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. I'm I legal. mean, you're not, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Nick. <laughs> I'm not legal. Uh, you're, you're not wrong. Like being a sommelier is very, uh, it's an intensive, thing where they like you got to study it's like going to college for tasting uh and so i think by uh just by having vlad on and this wasn't his first uh time on the show whether you can go back and listen to i think it's episode seven i think mm. i'd have to go look but very early on we had him on um and uh you could go listen to that and it was uh it was fairly technical then too although he was in a different role at the time uh, but he was a sommelier, and it was fairly technical, but not not to the point I don't think it was this time. This time, I had uh, the advantage of having, uh, you know, Nick with me, and Nick is a wealth of knowledge in and of himself, just uh, when it comes to cigars in the cigar industry and tasting notes and uh, how to taste things, how to review things, things like that. And then having uh, Vlada on, who, you know, I have been able to, and I think I can call him friend. He's a friend uh, of mine personally. He's a friend of the show uh, to have him take the time to come back on uh, and not just talk about Lampert, which is his, his sole thing that he's, he's kind of doing right now with uh, Lampert cigars and Dr. Stefan Lampert uh, from Germany, uh, which are great cigars in their own right, but to be able to get into the weeds of tasting, which is a different than getting into the weeds of, um, cigar rolling and cigar making, which is what we usually typically talk about on this show on, on, on simply stogies is we really, we, we do get into the weeds with some of these guys, uh, and, and talk not just about their life experience, but, but you know, the farms and the factories and things like that. So to have this kind of conversation with Vlada that really revolves around what are we really tasting and what are we not tasting? How much is subjective? How much is objective? Uh, things like that it was a lot of fun for me as a reviewer. It was a lot of fun. Well, I think what was cool about it is he gave you a little insight. Uh, and I have a little insight from just watching a couple of movies and talking to a bunch of Somalis that, you know, the background in history that they're learning about the actual lands and, and it all comes down to even with the cigars, when you're doing this flavor profile wheel, and even there's that uh, tasting course that uh, the, the guy's name escapes me, but I know a few friends that have done it and they give you these smells and you actually smell it. And this is what this is supposed to smell like. So you have a basis to kind of like keep you kind of guided to where you need to be. And once you understand what they're looking for, 
it's much easier to be able to say, hey, I taste notes of this and that and, and what have you. So you have a basis where it's not just out of your out of your head. But again, as we talked about on the show, it really all comes down to our personal experiences, memories, and where these notes take us because of specific memories, grandma's cooking and, and this and that. And, and, and you can apply that to anything you eat, food um, and taste and drink. You know, the smoking is the hardest because it's not as tangible as liquid or food, but you know, there is definitely some, you know, notes uh, that you're picking up, not only with your, your palate and your tongue, but with the feline in your nose you know, which is most of where the, the tasting is coming from. And as even with another guest we had recently with Jose Blanco, when he went on his little tyrant about retro hailing, I mean, he's absolutely right. If you really want to enjoy a, a, uh, a cigar and, and I know people that have come back to me that I've helped along in this journey saying, Hey, you guys got to try it. There's a lot of people that don't, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not trying to say you have to, you have to, uh, you know, uh, retrohale to, to enjoy a cigar. Absolutely, you don't. But you are really missing out. And if you yeah. go if you go back, you know, no matter how long you've been smoking and how many years, and then all of a sudden, you know what, I this cigar, I, I've enjoyed it for the last 10 years. I've, I didn't even know what retrohaling. And you go back and you taste that cigar again. It's another world. You're going to go back and it's like going, you know, waking up on Christmas again and everything is new to you again. Am I yeah, right? No, I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, Nick. You don't have to retrohale. If you don't retrohale, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I get it. <clears throat> I, I'm going to take the, 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 the flip side of that. If you're not retrohaling, you're not tasting it the way the blender intended for you to taste it. Because when the blenders are blending this, and Nick can speak to this, how, you're retrohaling a lot to get that full flavor, right? I'm retrohaling when I'm blending a lot. When I'm smoking, yes. I'm only retrohaling, you know, one every... 10, you know, 15, it depends, you know, for me, the retrohaling, you do pick up so much more when I'm tasting a new cigar, something that I haven't done, of course, you're retrohaling. And when you're blending, you really got to get down and drill down to the nuances. And that's what makes a cigar different. I mean, if you're just, I, I crack up because there's a, a reviewer that has a podcast and, and I chuckle because we all kind of, his name is James. No, no, he's from another, <laughs> another, another site. And he has gone on record and he says, and he hasn't done it once or twice. He does it all the time. And it's a very popular, you know, podcast. He says he's never retrohale. And yet you have to hear his descriptions. And I go, there's no way. There's no way possible you are picking up know, any of these things. It's totally, yeah. like, I don't want to say call bullshit on it, but how could you possibly, when your tongue well, and your palate are only picking up this, you're well, adding stuff to, that is in your brain or in your when imagination. You were a kid. Maybe when you were a kid, you spent a lot of time walking around the house and just licking random household products. And now when you smoke cigars, that's what it reminds you of. No, I, I know I know who he's talking about. That's not who you're talking about, Tim. No, oh. no, I don't um, know who you're talking about. But. Yeah, I know who he's talking about, but that's not. And, and, that's and not he's who a, and, and I like the about. guy. Like, I think I, I have yeah. a lot of respect for him. I think sure, he's a good but, podcaster. But <clears throat> I'm sorry, there's just no way possible you're yeah, going to get look, any of that stuff. I, I don't disagree. I real I really don't. And it is like Blada said. It's it's very much a subjective thing. 
This is very much a subjective thing, and it's all experience. It all comes from what experiences you've had in your past, and, and what you uh, what you kind of associate with with smells and <clears throat> a memory and smell are very intertwined. Sure, and I think that's why when people start on their cigar journey, they really a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them latch onto it. And they're like, man, because some of these smells and flavors and tastes that you're getting uh, remind you of a lot of great things in your life. And you're able to, while you're sitting down and having a cigar, especially if you're by yourself and not in a, in a, in a setting uh, with other people, but you're able to, to really spend some, some time uh, on reflection and introspection and, and, and reliving those memories. It's a, it's a very pleasurable thing, just like retro hailing for me is a very pleasurable thing. I think I said that uh, on the podcast with Vlada and, and I do, I probably retro hail more than I should, but here, here's the thing. A lot of people say, Oh, I've done it once and it burns and I don't want to do it again. And, and you're not wrong. The first couple of times you do it, it's going to burn, but I promise you. And it depends on the cigar. Some burn more than others, of course, too. 100%. But if you do it by the end of that first cigar, it won't burn anymore. I promise. Now, when you start moving up to stronger cigars, it might burn a little bit at first, but it goes away before the cigar is done. You you have to train yourself to to kind of get used to those sensations in, in the nasal passage, if you will. And I think I heard Vlada say that when he retrohales or when somebody retrohales, that you're, you're not bringing in the smoke and then retrohaling everything you brought in. You're, you're releasing a, a certain percentage or a majority of that smoke and then retrohaling the leftover. You know, I, th- yeah. I think that yeah. point is what most people don't understand because when people think retrohaling, they think they got to take all that smoke and just shoot it through their nose. And absolutely not. It can be just a fraction of the smoke you're actually bringing into your mouth or as much or as little as you want, but you don't have to do all of it uh, all the time. And especially when you're starting out, you shouldn't do all of it. You should just kind of ease into it. Like you're, you know, wading into a pool, you know, you just jump right in and like, Whoa, you know, it might be a little, you know, overkill, but as you slowly start and you're just doing a little bit and a little bit, it gets better and you get more experienced in, in doing it. Well, it took me forever to figure it out. Like, I don't think anybody, and I used to smoke cigarettes. So, you know, it's easy to to take it into your mouth, into your lungs and out, you know, like it's super easy to do that. But when you're not breathing the smoke in and you don't want to breathe the smoke in, I know a couple of guys who do, but you certainly shouldn't. Um you know, when you do, when you do that, it, it's hard to, you, you're, you're, at least I was, I was afraid I was going to be breathing in this, this heavy cigar smoke and then blowing it out my, my nose. And I watched videos and listened to people and tried all different kinds of techniques. And I remember probably about six months into my cigar journey, sitting outside, uh, it was getting kind of cold out, kind of cool. I was in the garage with a heater. And I retrohaled for the first time and I went and it wasn't like a whole lot came out. It was just this enough to where I could taste. I was like, holy shit. I get it. Like, wow. Like just, you could taste, I could taste so much more. And it was, it was so much more of a complete experience that that's why I take the opposite side of Nick. If you're not retrohaling, if, you, if you've chosen not to for whatever reason, you don't think you can do it, you're afraid you're going to breathe in smoke, it's, it, it burns, whatever the reason is, I feel like you're missing out 
on the complete experience of cigar smoking. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm not telling you that you're a bad person. I'm not telling you to stop smoking cigars. I'm certainly not gatekeeping in any way. What I'm saying is I feel like you're missing out on more of the experience. I, I do believe that Americans in a stereotypical setting are more advanced in smoking with retrohaling. The more I go overseas, starting off with Cuba, you'd be surprised how many Cuban smokers never, ever, ever retro. And I'm like, have you ever retro? What are you talking about? Now, I see some doing it without them even realizing they're doing it. And when I tell them, what are you doing? I said, no, you're doing it. Oh, they had no idea they were doing it. So they didn't put a term on it. And it's not as like in your face, like in America and in our smoking circles, lounges or who you're smoking with, it seems like a lot more people are retroing than not. But overseas, I think it's just starting to pick up uh, more and more there as well. But yeah. I'm still a little shocked that there are that many videos on YouTube that are instructional enough to teach you how to retro hail. Like out of all the things on YouTube. Well, I mean, it's just like anything else in America. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) everybody wants to have a video. And look, the ones that I watched, uh, are the ones that came from uh, people in the industry, uh, blenders, master blenders, um, uh, manufacturing. Like, like I, I, I'm trying to remember who it was that I watched, but it was somebody big in the industry. Um, and, and they're the ones I did their technique. And I think I talked about it on, on the podcast with Vlad was, you know, I, I, I pushed my, my tongue up to the roof of my mouth. And I shut my mouth, like I took smoke in, I shut my mouth, pushed my tongue up and then just breathe through my nose like a bull, right? Just trying to figure out how to get the smoke from my mouth cavity into my nasal cavity and out. And I did it a few times. I couldn't get it. I was getting frustrated. I was like, I'm fucking, I'm going to try it one more time. And I got it. And I was like, oh, oh. And so you just kind of have to let that smoke if you can fill your mouth up, if that makes any sense, like with your tongue at the roof of your mouth, so it's not laying down in your palate, and up at the top, of, and you've got it. Doesn't matter how much smoke, and you just kind of let that smoke filter to the to the space in the back of your mouth, and then push it through. You know, a little technique that I've been able to get people that have never been able to do it. Just one little thing that seems to work easier is. Don't shut your mouth completely because a lot of people, they shut their mouth and then they push the smoke through their nose and it's either too much smoke or they're not getting it right or they panic. If you leave your mouth open, it doesn't like, especially when you're first starting out, just as long as a little bit of the smoke is escaping into your nose and the rest can come out through your mouth. 90% could come as you're starting out and then eventually you're getting the hang of it. More and more the smoke will go, you know, up uh, your nose way instead of, you know, out the mouth. But I think keeping your mouth open a little bit will help people that have never retroed or still haven't kind of mastered it help. And that begs the question, Nick, can you put, can you, can you retro hail too much smoke at once? And will that ruin the flavor? And that's something I don't think I asked Vlad. And I kind of wish I had. I, I don't think my opinion is it's more intense. There's a lot more of it, you know, so I think you're better off, again, depending on where you're at in your journey of retrohaling or tasting cigars, 
if you're just starting out and you're putting all that intense smoke and shoving it through and forcing it through your nostrils, it may be a little much, especially if it's a stronger cigar, but it's going to affect it. But if you start with a little bit at first and then increase it, you'll get a better understanding of not only the flavors of that cigar, but it'll be more palatable, so to speak. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So makes while sense. you were trying to figure out how to retrohale, was there ever that time where it just took you back and punched you in the face, made you like just keel over coughing? No, no, I no. So I was pretty careful because I, I didn't want to have that experience uh, being a former cigar sm- or a cigarette smoker. I didn't want <clears throat> I didn't want that nicotine. Look, it's a different transfer system, right? Sure. So the nicotine from a cigar is transferred to your system through the saliva and, and, uh, you know, through your stomach when you swallow it and, and in your cheeks, um, not to mention your lungs, <laughs> which is the biggest, a little bit, a little bit, but not as much as like when you smoke a cigarette, when you no, smoke so I'm a talking cigarette, about cigarette. Yeah, yeah, it is primarily in your lung. Right. Like that is, that's the transfer system for cigarettes. Whereas cigars are, it's more subtle. And so you don't, I didn't want that big nicotine hit because I didn't want to be like, oh shit, now I want a cigarette. Like that was my big fear is like, this was going to lead me back <laughs> into that dark path of smoking cigarettes. And it certainly has not. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, well, that means no, you kicked the chemical addiction of cigarettes. Oh, I kicked the chemical addiction through, uh, Patch? prescription medication. Really? No, I, I, I used, uh, what are the, I, I'm trying to remember the what it was called or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, what was it? Uh, I don't even remember what it was, but I took this, this, this pill and the doctor told me at the time, he goes, this is going to give you some weird dreams. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes like, (laughs) he goes like your toilet seat is going to be furry. And you're gonna want to lick it. Why? Kind of dream. Why? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking why? about? You want me He's to like, take just, this? Why? That's pretty specific. Yeah. Ah, that's, a- <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, that's oddly specific, yeah. doc. Um. But I, I did it, and within, he told me, he goes, the first week, you're still going to want to smoke. He goes, starting that second week, you won't. And it was funny because uh, one of my friends was having a bachelor party at the time, so everybody was drinking, and we were out, and normally when you drink, you smoke cigarettes more. Um, and uh, I did not, like, that was the night. I was like, he goes, it'll eventually just taste bad. And sure enough, I was smoking. I was like, oh, shit, this tastes like shit. And I never wanted another one again. Hmm. So I'm well, trying to remember the name of it. I don't remember. It'll come to me later. And they, they smell bad too. They smell absolutely horrible. Well, look, this, these smell great. Like cigars smell in, fantastic. In our opinion, yeah. Yes. In our opinion. In our they, opinion. They, but once that's the, the, the cigar smoke has been on you, right, for a while, and it kind of it becomes stale, it doesn't smell that great. Yeah, okay. If you leave ash in an ashtray... That gets stale and doesn't smell that great. Which that was the other thing. Vlada at the at the trade show, he had given me a bottle of something that he's been working on. I hope I'm not you know telling tales out of school, so to speak. Uh, I think he talked it about it on the show. Did he? I, I couldn't remember if he did or not, but um, he he'd been working on a, a spray. It works like a champ. Like it takes out the the, the cigar smell, that stale uh, smell. He had said that he had. Uh, uh, left uh, his Zycar, um, you know, travel ashtray in his in his uh, in his car, and he had it covered. And he lives in Vegas, so hundred degrees, right? And it was in there for a week. And he opened it up. He said it smelled like death. He emptied it out, sprayed it in there, gone. 
Wow. That's, and, that's and it incredible. does. It works like I, I used it. So here in the studio uh, every night for a month and a half, because it was only a tiny bottle of game. Month and a half, every time I emptied the ashtray and I put it in the garbage can, I would spray that. It's it's it almost like that. Uh, perfect. What is that spray uh, the for the toilet? The poopery? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but for cigars. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I've never heard of poopery. You never heard of that? No. Yeah, it's uh, this stuff that you spray on the top of a toilet when before you go to the bathroom, and it lays a film that kind of... Anyway, let's not talk about <laughs> bathroom, bathroom stuff. The shit we talk about on this show. Literally, 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 yes. literally the yeah. shit. Old Testament, literally. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, okay, so uh, we talk, you guys talked a little bit about how reviews are subjective and, uh, you know, how different reviewers are reviewing cigars and they're rating them. And I know that we kind of have on our website, James, uh, how our reviews are done. But Yeah, every uh, review lists how it's weighted, how everything's weighted. Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering if you would just take a few minutes and explain that. What, how it's weighted? Yeah, how how are Simply Stogie Cigar Reviews weighted? <clears throat> you know, thanks for letting me know beforehand that I needed to have this pulled up so that I didn't forget anything. Like, that's a consummate professional. No, that's all right. Consummate. I mean, you've done consummate so many reviews at this point. It's just... Have I, I... Here's the thing, and I think I try to get this, uh, convey this with, with Blada. I still hate doing reviews. I Like, I taste what I taste, and I don't know how that translates to what other people taste. Now, look, the, the, the traffic on the website does pretty well. All of our reviews do pretty well, which we've got, you know, a, a new reviewer. Go check her out. Uh, Carly Dawson. Um, she, she's on the website. now. I think one of her first reviews, up. like, never mind the pictures. I'll teach her how to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has to start somewhere. <clears throat> Everybody does have to start somewhere. But it, uh, so our rating system is craft and aesthetic, pre-light characteristics, lighting process, smoking experience, and personal enjoyment. So craft and aesthetic is weighted at uh, eight-tenths of a point. Uh, pre-light characteristics is half a point. Lighting process is half a point. Smoking experience is seven and seven-tenths of a point. Uh, and personal enjoyment is half a point. So when when you're looking at craft and aesthetic, if I were if I were going to be reviewing the Grand Crew, craft and aesthetic, I would look at the box. Uh, I would look at the, the the band, the packaging, the overall aesthetic of the cigar. Um, you know, so looking at this band or or this uh, wrapper, it's smooth to the touch. It's a little mottled, which is good because that you know there's pockets of oil there. It's got a nice sheen to it in the light. Um, it's it, it's smooth ish, but not it's not like sandpaper, which a lot of uh, a lot of your Maduros are almost sandpaperish in 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 texture, if you will. Um, That's because of the crystallization know, that happens. So there you go. Um, then you know, looking at at the band, uh, the purple and gold pops. Uh, I think it's a very classic and elegant looking band. Uh, it's a little big. For my taste, it takes up quite a bit uh, of the cigar, um, but it's not as uh, clunky or oversized as some bands. Um, pre-light characteristics, uh, so that's, you know, the, the notes <clears throat> that you get from the wrapper pre-light from the foot. 
um, cold draw, um, it, the tasting notes you get from the cold draw, the, the, how it draws uh, itself. Is it, <clears throat> excuse me, is it too tight? Is it, is it too loose? Is it just right? Uh, kind of the Goldilocks uh, thing there. Uh, lighting process. Does it light well? Does it, is it a quick light or do you have to work at it, right? So once I toast the foot, Am I able to light it up without any touch-ups or anything like that? And honestly, it's only weighted half a point for a reason. Because does that really affect the cigar? No, but it's part of the journey, right? And that's part of the ritual that we that we go through when we light a cigar, when we want to smoke a cigar. Uh, personal enjoyment, I'll, I'll skip to that one. It's a half a point. And we did that. Uh, the gentleman who, who developed this, um, Mike Breeg, uh, who can sadly no longer smoke cigars uh, via his doctor. He had a heart attack. Uh, and in honor of him kind of um, developing this for us, uh, we're, we've, we've left it the same for him since, uh, since he uh, sadly had to leave the, the hobby. Uh, personal enjoyment is weighted almost, uh, you know, half a point because I may not like a certain, uh, a certain rapper. Or I may not like a certain filler. Like maybe I'm not the biggest Nicaraguan fan on the planet. That doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like that, my personal bias should be one of the least things that, that matter in a review. So we do our best as I do with the podcast. And I think Nick can speak to that too. In the podcast, we try to take our personal bias out of it with whoever we are interviewing. We try our best to take our personal bias out of it. Yes, we have friends in the industry. Uh, yes, there are people that uh, we may not 100% get along with, but that doesn't mean they're not going to be a great interview, right? It would have people on that we don't always see eye to eye with on, on everything. We don't have to because that would be fucking boring if everybody agreed. We talked about that, um, you know, on the last clear of the air. Uh, and then smoking experience, which is the most heavily weighted seven and seven tenths points, because that's where <clears throat> that's where you should be scoring and, and really rating the cigar. Uh, the flavors, are they consistent? Do they do they make sense? Um, you know, and we kind of it's going to be fun because time travels hard. Uh, but when we talk to Jose Blanco, you know, thirds, who, who did thirds first? Was it blenders or was it reviewers? And it was probably fucking, you know, I think it was probably reviewers. They're like, oh, we're going to split this into thirds and transitions. How does it transition? Does the transition make sense? Are the, is, are, are the flavors muted or are the, do the flavors pop? Then complexity. Are there a number of flavors or is it one note? And one note's not always bad, but if I'm spending a hundred dollars on a cigar and it's one note, that's probably not the best thing. Cause I want the cigar <clears throat> for me personally. I want it. <clears throat> Jesus. I can't <laughs> my voice tonight. I, I want the cigar to demand my attention because here's the thing. When you're smoking a cigar and you're sitting in a lounge and you're there with all your friends, guess what? It doesn't matter what, Cigar you're smoking, you're probably going to be like, man, that cigar was really good. But you go back to that cigar a week later, and you're like, oh, it's kind of a shit stick. Because <laughs> it's, it, it's mostly about the experience overall. So you're with your friends. You're having a good time. You're celebrating something. You're going to remember that cigar as being really good, even if later on you go back and you're like, I don't really like this cigar that much. 
Well, I can agree with the, that because when I smoke a cigar with friends or at the lounge, or I, I'm, I'm not really paying attention to the cigar as much as I'm paying attention to the conversation or what's going on. Uh, but then when I'm home, I'm, I'm alone. Uh, I don't have anybody to uh, talk to because my buddy's playing the new PlayStation game. I, I get to smoke that cigar. And yeah, that was a shot. That was a shot. Yeah, that was a shot. Uh, you know, I get to actually sit down and and focus on the cigar a little bit. But Nick, it looked like you had some issues with a few of the things that James made. Well, of course he does. He's a blender. I would hope he has issues with how every reviewer reviews cigars. Absolutely. You know, my feeling is you got to have them. I guess it's a necessary evil. Uh, in the sense, but everybody's, every reviewer, every person is one person's opinion. And you just get certain people that just think they are the the end-all, be-all of what I know about cigars. And I've seen it so many times. And all the little minions and all the people that think, oh, this guy, he's the expert. So anything he says is correct. And they will say shit that is just so ridiculous sometimes and then they'll go oh yeah yeah i i know what you're talking i'm like you don't you know that my favorite line is <laughs> i call it the emperor's clothes if i ever wrote yeah. a book my term for it is the emperor's clothes because if there is a collective of smokers together and one guy that's the expert or the guy that seems to be who everybody kind of defers to so he's saying, hey, this has got this and that. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But the reality is he could be right off his, you know, he could be totally full of shit. And sometimes I've done it just to do an experiment where I'll say the most stupidest, ridiculous things or take two cigars. My favorite experiment is taking two of the exact same cigars, unbanded. And the first one, I will make up shit like, oh, my God, this is the greatest cigar in the world. And it's this and that. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thou, you're, I was so right. Sorry. Then I'll take the second cigar. Everybody will smoke the second cigar. And I'll go, now this one. Oh, come on. You can't possibly think that this is ready for prime time. This is that. And it was like, yeah, yeah, you're right, right. And literally, it is the exact same cigars. And in their brain, they have just been told what to think and feel about that cigar. So the emperor's clothes, if people know the parable that it took some kid that noticed that, you know, the emperor wasn't wearing clothes to go, Hey, but the freaking emperor's got no clothes. And everyone's like, oh, they admitted, okay, but there's, you know, but, but there's, there's a couple of things there that, that I, I, I think I, I, I want to address Nick. So the first is when you, as a master, but I know you hate that term. Yeah, and I say it okay, kind of jokingly okay, just to kind of get as, under your skin. As master blender pops above as, the as, screen right now. A master blender <laughs> pops above his head. Look, I, I know you hate that, but you, as a manufacturer, let's just even go there. Okay. Someone who blends cigars as a blender, you speak from a position of authority when it comes to cigars in any way, shape, or form. You're in a lounge, and you tell everyone in the lounge, oh, this cigar is so but great. You know, it's unbanded. That's you exactly it what I don't do ever. But I've the, done experiments no, no, no. where I do You've that. done experiments, but, but you that's see, it. so that experiment in my opinion is, 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 is skewed because you speak from a position of authority. Well, so do reviewers. Say, that's what I reviewers are doing. I tell everybody I have a shit palate. Not every reviewer does. Every I reviewer that. that I know 
you know, people, whether, whether they're, they're saying it or not saying it, people are assuming, oh, this guy does reviews. Therefore, it doesn't matter if you say you have a shit palate or whatever. People are going to assume this guy knows what he's talking about because obviously people are listening and reading your reviews. So they're going to defer to you and say, oh, this guy obviously knows something. And look, in a couple of weeks, you guys are going to hear the episode that that you and I did, uh, Nick, with, with Jose Blanco. We talked about this and he said the most important thing the reviewers that he takes seriously are the ones that focus on the cigar but he said if if you sit down with 10 reviewers and you give them the same cigar you're going to get 10 different fucking reviews absolutely as well you should and 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 vlada essentially said the same thing so understanding that for me as a reviewer uh with radio Doing the air quotes for those of you listening and not watching on, on YouTube or Rumble. Uh, you know, I, 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 I know that this is my experience. This is what I'm tasting and that your mileage may vary. And a lot of factors go into that. What have you eaten before you smoked a cigar? Uh, what environment are you smoking it in? Are you smoking it outside? Is there a fire burning outside? Like, is it, is it, is it a fall night? Is it a, is it a warm summer night? You know, what are you drinking? What are you pairing with it? All of these things matter. So for me, when I review a cigar, I review one a day. So I won't do any more than that. It's the first cigar I smoke, no matter how strong it is. It's the first cigar I smoke, and I always pair it with water. Now, I hate sparkling water, and that should probably be what I I pair it with, but I hate it. I can't stand it. Uh, It's like carbonated nothing, and I don't like that. Um, So I, I just do, I do bottled water. And look, I tell everybody I have shit palate. Like it is what it is. Like I, I, I don't try to embellish it. I don't tell you that I'm tasting mayonnaise, Thousand Island dressing, and fucking copy paper, which is still the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I have ever read in any review ever. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but that's just the most ridiculous shit I've ever fucking heard. I've heard. So I've heard even more ridiculous than that. So I don't know, like, it, it, were they smoking the cigar in, in a refrigerator right after they had eaten some fucking paper? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but all of these things go into it. And look, reviews are like opinions, and opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, and they all stink. Sure. They all stink. Like, it is what it is. Um, am I going to stop doing reviews? No, absolutely not. But I don't go into these reviews thinking that I speak from a position of authority. Instead, I speak from a position of experience. I smoked this cigar. This is what I tasted. This is the the, the score I'm giving it based on how we rate cigars. Does that mean that your experience is going to mimic mine? Absolutely not. And one man's trash is another man's treasure. Right. So I may really like a cigar and you may smoke and go, eh, it's all right. Or you may go, Jesus, this was a shit stick. Was this guy smoking? So again, I always tell everybody your mileage may vary. And I don't speak from a position of authority. When I write a review, when I write a review, I write it from a position of this was my experience and and experience is different for everybody. We've, we've had that before where you smoke a cigar, not necessarily doing a review on the cigar, but you know, you'll smoke a cigar. You'll be like, oh, this is really great. Da, 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 da. And you give me one and I sit down and I smoke it. And I'm like, just nothing there for me. 
but I have an even shittier palate than you do. So in no, all you have your own palate. That's the whole point of this <clears throat> conversation. If one, if you come away with one thing is that yep. everybody is unique and everybody's going to have a unique experience with their particular cigar that they're smoking at that moment. And all those points are very valid. Uh, what you ate that day, where you are smoking it, your environment, the friends, there's so many factors that'll affect your own, uh, your own perception of that cigar. You could smoke it one day and you had it with friends and it was celebratory and you had just such a great day, you know, whatever the case may be. And that cigar will have fond memories for you. You take that same stick and you had a shit day and you were depressed and, and something happened and you, you're not going to feel the same way. So the same cigar is going to change, you know, because of all the other factors that are involved because cigars like food and drink are affected by everything around you. But that's why I'm, that's why I'm so interested in Vlada's experience as a sommelier. I mean, he is trained to taste. So there has to be, and this was part of the, I think the conversation we had with uh, Jose Blanco was there has to be some objectivity to every, to all the tasting notes. And I, for me, I think they're more general notes. I think they're notes of wood. I think they're notes of leather. There's a sweet note, maybe a salty note, maybe a, a, a mushroom, like earthy, funky note. Uh, and those are objective. But when you start going, when you start, and as a reviewer, you have, like, look, part of what you do as a reviewer is you, you try to keep the audience's attention. I want people to read it to its conclusion. I didn't spend, you know, two weeks working on a review for you to read the very bottom. I spent two weeks working on a review, hoping somebody would read it. And then they can be like, that guy's full of fucking shit, which is probably what they should do. Or they could be like, you know what? I can kind of see where he's coming from. Or yeah, I get that. But I, you know, it's, it's there, there's a, objective things. But when you start getting into the nuances of it and you're like, there's a nuttiness to it. Is it cashew nuttiness? Is it almond nuttiness? Is it walnut nuttiness? Like those all have different flavors. And so you're trying to, to break baking spices. Well, what baking is it? Cinnamon? Is it nutmeg? Like forgetting which one is it? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's a combination of both white pepper, black pepper. I don't fucking like, what is it? And that's where for me, when we review a cigar, we do a minimum of, of two. I always say it's gotta be more than one. You can't just smoke one minimum of two. I usually smoke three, sometimes four or five just to make sure that it's a consistent uh, experience throughout them, right? Because maybe the first one I smoke is a dog turd. And it's, a, it, look, this is a handmade product. And so not everyone's going to be a banger. And they're all going to be a little bit different than the one before. It. And, and blenders and rollers do their best to make sure that it's consistent. But everyone's human. We all make mistakes. Maybe the roller was having a bad day. And the first one they rolled, like they just had a fight with their wife, right? The brother died. I don't fucking know. They just didn't roll it right. And so it's, it's plugged or it's got a loose straw or it's underfilled or it's overfilled or whatever the case may be. So you've got to do your due diligence as a reviewer and do that. But yeah, when you drill down into things, a lot of it is how do I keep the audience's attention? And maybe that's part of the Mayo copy paper and fucking thousand Island dressing in one sentence is how do I keep, how do I keep the reader's attention? Well, if I put the most ridiculous shit in there, yeah. how can I, 
they're going to read it and then they're going to talk about it. And I just, I don't want to do that. I try to stay true to what uh, I do. And look, I've always said that what we do here is buy a consumer for consumers. We don't kowtow to, to manufacturers. We don't kowtow to the industry. Um, some of what we say is negative. A lot of what we say is positive. I think we, we are a positive influence on the industry. But when it comes to reviews, it's just our experience. It's our personal experience. Read it. And then if you agree, let us know in the comments. More people, like I would rather, and we get a lot of comments on our reviews, not as many as I'd like, but we get a lot of comments on the reviews and we get emails all the time. Um, well, I mean, and, even, and, if, and, even if you have a negative or, you know, yeah. hey, I disagree. This is my experience. As long as the comment is clean and not uh, derogatory. Yeah, we don't, we, we'll yeah, we don't it. get a comment. Yeah, I, we Shit, I read it. Even if it's like James is a is a fuck stick. Why is anybody listening or reading what he fucking puts out? I'm like fucking approve. Like you're not wrong. It's one hundred percent, man. Like I don't care. Like we we've never done that. As long as it's as long as it's clean uh, and it's negative towards uh, myself, I don't care. Like it doesn't bother me. But it, it, you know, I, I I would like to see more people be like, oh yeah, I agree with you or I disagree with you or. I got this and this, but I kind of disagree with you on this because there are a lot of, uh, and I use this word in the, the most non-derogatory way I can, but there are a lot of cigar nerds, nerds out there who get into the weeds with this stuff. And I just, I, I, I can't, like, I'm not the guy who's like, oh, like this came from the uh, Jalapa Valley and uh, was aged. I, to me, it's, does it taste good? Does it burn well? Is it complex or is it is it simple? Is it straightforward? The more complex and the more nuanced you have uh, with the cigar, the more interested I am. Have you guys ever heard of uh, Cigar Sense? I feel like I have. There, but there's sure. a woman by the name of Franca Camparetto. I believe she's Italian, and she has a site, and it's been out there for a long time. And she yes. um, she considers herself an expert sensory advisor. So what she's done is set up this cigar sense analysis process where not only does she have courses for consumers that can actually learn how to do stuff, but there's panelists. They do a lot of, um, like, I don't know how many they have, like 10, 12 reviewers. They send out the, the cigars and people basically on their little chart, their pie chart of where they're hitting their points and everybody likes what they like. And what's great about that, is when you're looking at reviewing, or I mean, smoking a cigar, you could look at the site and say, hey, I like cigars that are more earthy tone. So it seems like these cigars are more in the earthy tone areas and clear across the board. What's great about that is everybody's going to be right there. Because again, there's it's clear cut when you're talking about, you know, sommelier or, or an actual taster where the certain key elements are there and then you go into the the intricacies and the nuances that you're talking about but at least if you have some kind of basis as a starting point it makes it much easier to learn to be to become not a professional smoker but you're professionalizing your level of smoking and you're appreciating i think more and realizing what you're getting because sometimes you may be getting these notes and have no idea what they are but if somebody told you well this is this Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then the next time you taste that, you're gonna go, Oh, I remember that. That was excuse me, similar to what I tasted in that cigar. So again, 
there's something to that as well. There's a lot of different courses out there, and I think they help consumers learn if people are interested in learning. The, the cigar 100%, nerds, as you say. Uh, the cigar nerds. And if you're interested, like, I, I really want to get do you, Are you familiar with Nick Kutro? Yeah. Nick? Yeah. So he wrote a book called Cigar Bliss. Yes, yes, I have that book. Uh, the yeah. Art of yeah. Taste. And I've read this book, and he's got, there's a. There's a course uh, that goes uh, with that, too. There's a course that goes along with it, and actually, uh, our our lone uh, lifetime uh, supporter, Randy, right. has that. And we actually went through this course, uh, as I find a place to set this book that's uh, on my cluttered desk. Uh, we actually went through this course uh, at a uh, cigar event in Charlotte uh, in 21, uh, the uh, uh, Queen City Cigar Fest, and Damon, who, who was one of the uh, um, people who put the event together, he was... Uh, certified to run the course and essentially this thing you get it's this big box it's like, it's like three or four hundred bucks it's not cheap uh but it comes with all of these things in bottles like leather and cinnamon and all of these things and you open them up these jars you smell it you close them and you go through the whole thing and then you're supposed to be able to put a blindfold on and then have somebody open those up for you smell it and you need to get to the point where you can identify what you're smelling without looking at it. Uh, and that helps quite a bit. Um, you know, star anise is something that I don't think a, a lot of people call it licorice. They'll taste licorice and, and what they're really tasting is, is like star anise, uh, another baking spice. Um, and this book really helped me out, uh, especially when I first started, because when, when Mike called me, I'll never forget Mike, Mike, that was like, Hey man, um, uh, like we need to have a talk. I was like, "What's up?" He's like, "Uh, he's like, I because I was I couldn't get a hold of him for a couple of months." I'm like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I just got out of the hospital. I had a massive heart attack." He's a young kid. Wow. Like he was in his he was in his thirties. Oh he's he's like, and the doctor said, "I can't <clears throat> I can't smoke cigars anymore." Huh. I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" So I had to take over because I didn't have anybody else at the time to do it. Tim was like, "Fuck no, I'm not doing it." So. <laughs> So I had to, I had to do it, and I read this book, and and I got with uh, uh, Randy, and 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 you know we did that thing in in Charlotte, and that's what really piqued my interest. I I met Nick at the twenty one PCA, Nick Kutro. I want to have him on. I just need to reach out to him uh, because I think he would be a, a good guy to talk about tasting notes and whatnot. It'd be interesting to compare notes, uh, his notes with uh, Vlada's notes, and kind of see what uh, each one thinks. Yeah, sounds like he would be an interesting guy for the show yeah that would that would actually be a really good one so he he's been smoking since the 70s but he was he he's also known in the industry for uh the molds he moved he started making uh plastic molds instead of wood molds because you know nick those wood molds they warp after Mm -hmm. time right because you put the wet cigar in there and you mold the cigar so he made plastic molds, which is cost effective. I don't see the like the business model to me doesn't make sense because now you're not having to have as many molds as before. Those plastic molds are lasting a long, long yeah. time compared to the wood ones. Um, but that's what uh, like he was innovator in the industry. So I think it'd be interesting to have him on and kind of see what uh, his take on all this. Is. Make it happen. What are we waiting for? Shut up. Tim. <laughs> Uh, so I have two more things that I was going to uh, talk about and ask from the interview. One of the things that Vlada said uh, when he was talking about uh, the cigar, I believe that you're smoking uh, and the size and being the biggest size that they could do due to the size of the wrapper. 
And for whatever reason, for me, that just clicked like, oh, yeah, I guess depending on how big your wrapper leaf is, is going to depend on what size or shape of cigar that you could do. And I didn't know, Nick, if that's something that you've ran into multiple times or if you've had any experience with that. Yeah, uh, if it depends, you're working with what you have. And if you're trying to blend a particular cigar and the leaves are only a certain size, the wrapper leaves especially, that limits to what size you can make with it, you know, or, or what your your uh, fillers are. So, yeah, it depends on the material that you're using that's going to equate to what size. And certain cigars actually taste better in different sizes. I don't know if anybody's ever talked about that, but you can take the same blend and make it different sizes and in some sizes they'll be just totally different. So the smoking experience has a lot to do with the actual, you know, vehicle they are using to distribute the smoke. That's why perfectos, like I used to smoke predominantly parejos, you know, and then when you start getting into figurados and perfectos, that is going to change the way that the smoke delivery is getting into your mouth, the way the cigars are situated. The the position of the leaves are just as important as the actual blend and where they're positioned. And, and there's a, a general rule, you know, like the lejero goes in the center because that burns more coarsely. So if you put that on the side, uh, if a bonchero is not blend, you know, putting the cigar together correctly, it's going to cause a lot of problems. So, uh, especially on the size, that's why you have your best rollers that are rolling, you know, uh, Lanceros in the thinner gauge. Cause it's so important. The position of the leaves, especially on a thinner cigar, you have less leeway and forgiveness. So yeah, the size is very important. That just, I don't know why it took so long for that to, to click for me. So I thought that was really interesting. I've always, and, and Nick can probably tell me how wrong I am. And I kind of hope he does. Uh, I've <laughs> that's all he does. To, that's his <laughs> that's job. That's all he does. Is like Jesus Christ, James, why are you such a dumbass? <laughs> um, is is uh, comparing a cigar to a to a to a burger? Do you want more bun or do you want more burger? And I think it just depends on what the burger consists of and what the bun is, right? Uh, and lately, I have found myself really enjoying because I'm, I'm I'm mostly a Toro guy. We talked about again. We're just kind of yeah, jumping ahead. I am too uh, with, with 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 Jose Blanco. Um, but I'm more of a Toro guy than I am a Robusto or a Corona guy. But lately, I have found myself really gravitating towards the Lonsdale size, which is kind of like the happy medium between a Lancero and literally anything else. It's not quite as difficult to roll as a, as a Lancero. And, and that Lonsdale for me has really been hitting my palate right lately. And a, a couple of different blends that I've really enjoyed uh, throughout my cigar journey, but now I'm going back and revisiting them in this size. And I'm like, Holy shit, these are really, and Corona's good. as well. Corona's are very similar as well. You know, those two sizes thinner, but you know, obviously thinner than a Toro. So less filler, but yet some, and a lot easier to roll. And again, you know, the, the problem has been, not that it's a problem, problem's the wrong word, but uh, society and the smoking public in general have been gravitating towards thicker and fatter cigars forever. You know, like if you go back to even the 90s, you know, a Churchill was considered a fat cigar. That was like, 
that was it. You're smoking a Churchill. You're a big shot. You're smoking those big fat cigars. Now a Churchill is considered thin, you know, at a 48 gauge uh, is the standard Churchill gauge. That to me is like, you know, it, it, I love a Churchill size and in certain, you know, blends, it's fantastic. A Toro, you know, it's a different taste. It's a different delivery and it, it definitely tastes different. Like I know in my Claro blend, I personally like it in a Churchill because I just like the way, you know, again, it's S, it's really the same exact blend for the most part. It's blended for the size. So it's got to be adjusted according to the size uh, and the tobaccos that are used in the filler. But yeah, it's going to definitely make a difference in what you're tasting and how you're tasting it. The same thing with the wrapper to filler ratio. That's a big part of any cigar because it comes down to straight, you know, the geometry of a cigar. If there's more wrapper surface and less filler, there's going to be a bigger percentage. And depending on how that particular wrapper uh, delivers flavor. Some wrappers, as we discussed in the past, have less. And, you know, because a lot of people go, what percentage does a wrapper give? And I've heard everything from 10% to 90% and everything in between. And the, and the reality is you can't do that. It's totally, you know, subjective to the particular tobaccos that you're using and the size. So it cannot be given a number like that. Yeah, I've I've heard you say uh, that like for uh, Cubans, for example, you could take the wrapper off a Cuban cigar and smoke just the binder, and you're not going to tell. Like, there's very, the, there's very, not a very little. Difference. I mean, Cubans have no, just been gravitating that way for the last ten, twenty years, where the wrapper is just beautiful looking, and that is the first priority of a wrapper. What's the difference between a wrapper and a binder? It's literally the same leaf. However, the wrapper is smoother, less veins. It's just aesthetically pleasing. So you use the ones that don't qualify as wrappers and you make those binders. Um, so, yeah, in Cuban cigars, it's amazing. And I've I've experimented. And I've done that myself so many times. And there's just a lot less uh, flavor and input of a wrapper in a Cuban cigar than there is with every other cigar that I've seen out there. You know, we're, we're talking about um, really the anatomy of the cigar and, and kind of what it does uh, and how it affects flavor. And, and you know, talking about this premier crew size uh, of the, the Psalm, I'll be 100% honest. The first uh, half of this cigar was not, uh, there wasn't a lot there. Even on the retro hail, wasn't a lot there. There was some there. Um, but really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking a, or I'm drinking a A&W right now, and it, it was overpowering it. And now that it's it's thinned out and we're getting down to the, uh, where there's less uh, filler, like this is coming into its own, and I'm really enjoying this last, uh, you know, third half of this cigar. Like, it's very enjoyable, where before it was like, yeah, it's okay, it's good, but not a lot there. Now there's more complexity going on and I'm, I'm, I'm tasting a lot more just because it's, you know, I, there's less filler. Well, all right. So before we get into the final round of firing bald jokes at Vlada, we did get some email. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, another email from our friend, uh, Ben Torres. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, this one, I replied back to him, uh, but I'm going to give him a shout out on the uh, on Clear the Air here, just because when I first opened up this email, I was like, oh, 
oh crap. But here we go. This is a couple weeks behind in listening, but I digress. Screw you and James. My wife gave birth to a beautiful baby girl and yes, still sent a team to buy all the things in my absence. So I had to watch all your mediocre PCA content from the nursery <laughs> and be there in spirit. Just kidding. It was phenomenal. And not to worry, it all 100% be there next spring if I don't see you guys sooner. Uh, he says he recently joined the PCA content committee uh, for this fiscal year. So by all means, send uh, him all the media venting that we want, and he'll be the messenger. Perfect. He'll be glad to do it. Uh, so, <laughs> Ben, again, <laughs> congratulations on uh, adding to the family. Uh, I'm, I, I don't have kids, but I, I hear it's a very special moment. Oh, it's yeah, uh, yeah it's it's yeah. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations ben. ben. That's so happy. To um, that. Yeah, we need to we need to get out there to North Carolina, uh, Nick. I'm I'm not, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I'm definitely planning <laughs> in the fall to head down that way. Yeah, and uh, get up the vintage. Yeah. Yeah, hit up the vintage, say hi to Ben. It's been a minute since I've been out there. I think 21 when I was out there for the uh, Queen City Cigar Fest. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, Ben, thanks for the, uh, the, the input. And we'll try to make it not mediocre from now on. <laughs> not, no, <laughs> no, it is. No promises. No promises. <laughs> Are we gonna are we gonna hurl bald jokes? At, at I have now? zero. I'm, I honestly have oh. zero bald jokes. Uh, but I figured you would come prepared. I did not. No, I, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, Vlad is a friend. Um, in, in my cigar journey, he's been one of the guys that I, I felt comfortable reaching out to and having conversations with. Um, the dude is a wealth of knowledge, only rivaled uh, by my friend Nick uh, there in, in, in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. No, that was the first uh, time I but, spoke to him was literally on the show, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the interview and getting to know him. It was very nice, very enjoyable, and I think our our uh, audience, our, our listeners will also enjoy it if they haven't heard it. I think it's definitely something you should go to and uh, listen to Vlada. Yeah, like w there was a lot more talked about. I think we talked a lot, uh, a little bit about some of the business side of it too uh, because he is a distributor. Uh, and has been a distributor for years in the industry and owns uh, bespoke distributing. Um, he he kind of understands uh, the the economics of it all and the market, uh, both the European market and the and the U.S. market. Uh, and and so I'm very thankful that Vlada wanted to come on. I've been trying to uh, uh, pin him down for a, a an interview for a couple of months, and the PCA uh, you know kind of got in the way and saw him at, at the in Vegas. Uh, obviously we stopped by, go check that out. Simply stogies.com or on our rumble channel, uh, the interview with him, uh, at the Lampert booth. And he was like, Hey man, just let me know. You give me a day and a time and I will be there. And I'm like, dude, you rock. So thanks a lot to Vlad. It was a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait to have him back on. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, let's see, what do we got coming up here? Um, I'm not sure because uh, my time travel machine is a little bit broken, yeah. but so next, so next week, uh, I, uh, I have next week off because uh, I was traveling to the uh, Rocky mountain cigar fest uh, and fanboying out there apparently. <laughs> um, but you can go uh, next week. Uh, you'll see uh, Pete Johnson's on the show uh, with uh, my friend, Nick and my friend, Tim. Uh, and that's a great interview. Uh, I listened to it. It's fantastic. Uh, and then the week after that, I'll be hosting the Clear the Air, uh, where I grill these two on why they didn't ask uh, the tough questions 
and they just kind of wore kid gloves with Pete Johnson. Are you kidding me? Uh, no, it was a, no, I, it was a really good, it was a really good, yeah, it we, was a really got, good. Uh, James and I got to, we're going to switch roles for, for a couple weeks. Uh. Yeah, we're going to switch roles for a couple weeks, but it was, it, it was good. So the week after, and then the week after that, we've got Jose Blanco, uh, the ambassador for, uh, uh, Car- uh, Carlito and company over Arturo Fuente. And that guy is a wealth of freaking knowledge. Like I said, on that podcast, you know, they've, they, Nick and, and Jose have forgotten more about the cigar industry than I'll ever know. Uh, so being able to talk with him and pick his brain and get his view on things was phenomenal. Uh, and then of course the week after that, the, the clear of the air, um, after that, I don't know, I guess you'll have to stay tuned. Uh, but we may have somebody on, uh, with the same name as Nick, just a different last name. There's your only hint. Ooh. That's it. Ooh, yeah, you is right. There's, there's, no, it's not Nick. There's only a, there's only a few Nicks in this industry. That are, yeah, no, it was it, it was confirmed. Logan confirmed it with me yesterday. It's going to be uh, Nick Sirius. It's going to be the uh, Cuban Sub Series Part Two, the redo. No, the beginning of November, I think, is uh, November first. It'll be Nick Melillo from Foundation. So nice that. that'll be that podcast so i'm really looking forward to talking to uh, nick i saw him out at the rocky mountain cigar fest uh and had a great time at his uh, uh pre-event uh at the uh, havana manor longmont uh you, and, you know uh, yeah, what's great about nick because we've interviewed him at uh, smooth draws he's not only a fantastic cigar maker but i love his love of history and he adds yeah. the history to the cigars. I love history, not to the level of Nick, of course, but you know, I think it's fantastic when you put those two together, you know, cause there's one thing you know, about cigars. There's a lot of history. 2019 was kind of a, uh, a big year for simply stogies. It was, it was obviously, I think it was one of our first year, second year uh, that we were doing it. It might've been our first year. It was the end of the first year. And we had back to back to back. We had John Hoover, uh, Pete Johnson and Nick Melillo on. And I remember having a conversation with Nick going, have you ever thought about doing a podcast about history? Because you would be, it would be an amazing podcast. People would listen to it because he's got a great voice for, for radio. Uh, and, and like, he's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to history. He's got a love for the Nicaraguan people. He's got a love for, for Ethiopia, love for Jamaica. Like he, he's really into all of these things. Uh, and so I, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, That'll be a fun very genuine. Interview. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I guess we'll just have to stay tuned. We got a lot of other things coming up in October as well. Uh, look for a uh, Friday night live. Uh, yeah, that's coming up. We're, we're still working some uh, logistics, but it's coming. Look, if you are if you are part of the Ellie Club, if you are part of the limited edition club, uh, uh, simply Stogies, and you you have supported us or are supporting us uh, this year. Uh, you can join us live every Friday night for a Simply Stogies After Dark Perf live on YouTube. You can be part of the conversation. You can ask questions about episodes. Maybe we'll get some guests on at some point. Uh, and uh, we can uh, just sit down for a couple of hours every Friday night live on uh, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and, and it should be a lot of fun. Um, so look forward to that. If you're not an LE Club member, you can subscribe. $10 a month, $100 a year is the minimum uh, to get in, and you will help support us and make sure that uh, I'm not doing 30-second read-ins or 45-second read-ins <laughs> or minute-long ads every podcast. Unless you really want me to do that, uh, you can you can do that at simplystogies.com, just LE Club at the top. Click it, register, support us. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. 
Uh, and you too can be part of the conversation every Friday night on Simply Stogies After Dark. Do your study smoky thing. Get us the hell out oh. of here. Yay. Uh, join us next week, like I said, where uh, Tim and Nick interview Pete Johnson from Tatawahe Cigars. Until then, stay smoky, friends. Stay smoky, friends.